Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we join hands in a communal prayer that Tyree Wilson does not end up a Detroit Lion. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Glad to have you along for the ride again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be back with you and kicking off another episode here today with big things to discuss because we're talking about a big, big man. Tyree Wilson will hear his name called coming up tonight in the first round of the NFL draft. He'll join the likes of Walt Schlinkman, Ted Watts, Gabe Rivera, Michael Crabtree, Patrick Mahomes, Jordan Brooks, Red Raider first rounders over the years. And I mentioned one of those, Chris, Dave Parks, the top overall pick of the NFL draft once upon a time. Tyree Wilson, damn close to that kind of positioning. And who's to say what could happen, I suppose, by the time it all goes down this evening. But you've seen like number two, Number three, the dude has just been climbing the charts and can't wait to hear his name called uh, whenever it is tonight, man. Looking forward to this. You know, he's been one of the most talked about, I think, guys really in the last week. And I think that it's kind of been hard for me to watch in some ways because I think that the more he's talked about positively, I think more people have tried to tear him down and kind of like go, what are we doing here? What a this guy's not Will Anderson at Alabama. I mean, this guy goes to Texas Tech. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've done a couple of different radio interviews where, I, it, it, you know, people have questioned Tyree Wilson to me, and I'm just like, I'm like, of all the things that in my life right now, like questioning Tyree Wilson is just not uh, anywhere on, on, on the list. Like, again, I, mean, I, I saw it up close. And, again, I'm biased. Most people, they, they, they didn't see what I saw uh, up close. But um, he, he is, you know, and, and I think uh, as we look at uh, tonight – you know, in the draft, I think you could, I think that he, he's going to be, there's going to be some, some hype there, but I, I think that, and I, and I'm, I've bought into more of that, that he's going to go higher in this draft than, than lower, if that makes sense. So in sure. other words, I feel like he's more likely to go number two than he is number 12. Okay. Right. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, but there's some thought too that um, that there could be a slide here, depending on who you listen to, just because of his injury history. And this is this is much like um, do you like mint chocolate chip or do you like Rocky Road? Well, they're both good. They're both refreshing. They're, Blue Bell makes them both. <laughs> they're both you know you could even put them together and it'd be great. You know, but oh. some people some people like one over the other. And so if you happen to like um, you know, Rocky Road, but of the mint chocolate chip, then you may like Will Anderson more than Tyree Wilson. Well, and so if, if you're going to pick Rocky Road early, you know, uh, and and then and maybe Wilson does does slip a bit just because quarterbacks fit in, and then there, there's teams that don't necessarily need a, an edge right. guy or defensive lineman. So there's some wiggle room here. I just don't. I, I think I don't know if I'm buying into the Houston pick at number two just yet. But I think that's a very strong possibility. They, they could be off the radar and take a quarterback. 
they could, in fact, take uh, Will Anderson from Alabama. I mean, I'm just not real sure, but I do think there's a legit interest in in Tyree Wilson from D'Amico Ryans. I think they've kind of let people know that. And so you just have to be careful because everybody that's moving their mouth for an organization this time of the year before the draft, they're all lying. I don't believe hardly any of them. It's all intentional for some reason. You're just not real sure. Exactly. (laughs) You're just not real sure. um, You know, because like CJ Stroud from Bama, the quarterback, I mean, uh, from, from Ohio state, um, he's supposedly falling down the draft board. Well, like, what do you mean? The draft team is starting yet. What do you mean he's sliding? (laughs) Is this, is this a team or teams purposely leaking out negative info because they want him to drop? Exactly. They they want to take him. I mean, so you you just DTA, man, don't trust anybody. (laughs) Okay, man. I'm glad you went with the A at the end. I didn't know where we're going with that. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Is Stroud like already in the green room waiting? Like he's sliding. He's going Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Um, Man, I've really been liking the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of course, just as a tech fan and wanting to see tech players wind up in good situations. When you're talking about a high draft pick, typically you're talking about, Yeesh, what are you walking into? You know, what's surrounding you? And of course, when you're talking about the Houston Texans, you're talking yeesh, the majority of the time. But D'Amico Ryans, I like D'Amico Ryans, but in general, him being what he is as a football mind defensively oriented, kind of been thinking, man, that, that may be all right uh, for a guy like Tyree Wilson to step into something like that. But it's hard to balance those things, Chris. Obviously, if, you, if you're going to be a high pick, you're, you're uh, typically going to be uh, chosen by a team that wants you to come help rise their tide, uh, so to speak. So I, I don't know if you can have your cake and eat it too, but I, I've been a little bit interested, even though I'm not a Texans fan by any stretch, uh, in that pairing. Have you seen any situation just kind of maybe among that top 10 or some of where he's been projected that you feel like, uh, this could be exciting because Seattle's kind of up in that yeah. range as well. Yeah. Anybody standing out to you like that? That's what I was going to say. I think Seattle at five has also been a popular, you know, mocked up um, yeah. situation. And and here's the here's the one thing you just simply can't predict. You, you know, does anybody trade up or back? And then it reshuffles the deck uh, because I think there's, I mean, Houston, they could if if they play their cards right, uh, they could maybe potentially trade back a bit and still get Tyree Wilson and pick up some additional picks or something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody wants to jump up to number two to take Stroud or Will Levis, the uh, the quarterback uh, from Kentucky. I mean, you know, quarterbacks usually kind of move this thing one way or the other. I, yeah. I think that the, the Texas running back is also uh, worth mentioning here because I think that I've seen him picked anywhere from like eight to like 26 with Dallas or maybe even after that. And you just don't know. But if somebody jumps up there like Philly and says, hey, man, we're just going to we're going to take him, you know, it, it just can kind of change the order and all things like that. But I think, you know, Houston and Seattle, uh, both picking in the top five, I believe, uh, or at least now uh, they have picks in the top five. I think they've right. been. But but sometimes with these mocks, the way I was always taught, a mock draft is put together because you have a situation with scouts giving their input to uh, outlets, and this is how I would do it. But then what happens is, and this is why you get people being shocked at times, whether it's an NBA, MLB, or uh, NFL draft, because then you get the decision makers, 
which are different than the folks that are inputting on a mock draft or talking to somebody at the athletic or talking to somebody at the Dallas morning news. Uh, if, 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 hopefully you're following what I'm saying here yeah. because yeah, the, the scouts in the organization, all they do is give their input. They tell you this dude's good. This dude sucks. This dude's got a crazy girlfriend. This guy's got a drug problem, whatever. And then they have their opinions on this guy's going to be a, a player and this guy's not whatever, but yeah. they're not the ones making the choice. Well, when you get on the clock, you know, tonight, you, you have the owner, you have the general manager, the team president. They are the ones that ultimately are going to break the ties and they're going to make the choice. And that can be very different than what the mock draft stuff that we've all seen. And so all it takes is, is somebody to kind of go way out of order and they could just reshuffle the thing. And so you're just not real sure. It's just you have to be real careful about like taking the mock draft consensus as the Bible. Uh, because right. it could be a bit different than that when it when the rubber meets the road and all that. But do I think Tyree's going in the top ten? Absolutely. Do I think it may go number two as much as you know uh, everybody has suggested? It almost has been suggested too much for me to ultimately believe it. Uh, but we'll, we we shall see. Yeah, and I, I totally get what you're saying about yeah. how you discuss so much the positives that it just leads someone to want to come on you. You know, because it's kind of like if anybody ever compliments our show, I'm like, no, don't even mention us. Don't even mention us. I don't want to get attacked by somebody else who doesn't feel the same way. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to find out who this is going to be. And all I can say among those top 10, you keep your hands off of him, Detroit. You stay away from Tyree Wilson, Detroit. Take old mustard fingers from Austin. He'd be great for you guys. I can't believe I didn't get a little more love for my Walt Schlinkman shout out either. You check any other podcast in the Texas Tech realm. All our podcast homies out there, you find another Walt Schlinkman shout out on any one of those, you let me know because I don't think it exists. And before we're done, just the general question we like to ask this time of year, who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway, right? So we want to keep that on our minds also. Shout out to uh, I, I mean, the, the clips. Beethoven? Yeah, the clips of the Indianapolis Colts GM the uh, back in the day. It, it's, I mean, he straight up was like, Kuyper's an old – he's an old uh, Baltimore fan. He's mad because we moved this thing to Indy. He'll get he'll get to your – he'll get to your grandmother. He'll get to your, your wife. He'll get to – I mean, because I got my wife questioning what I'm doing here because she heard Mel say it. She, you know, I mean, it's, it's so good, man. I mean, it's just total – Total love, meltdown. Total love meltdown. to have a little of that circus on TV uh, coming up tonight. We don't get that so much anymore, but once upon a time oh, we did. It was so good. And Kuiper, <laughs> like Kuiper's like, it's just very clear the Indianapolis Colts just don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how the draft really works. You know, I mean, I just yeah, and for so, many many years he was backed up. Uh, I guess I, I, I would say that uh, Kuiper ended up uh, with <laughs> who the hell is Bill Tobin anyway? Uh, join us on the other side tomorrow as we will digest. Uh, wherever Tyree is chosen. And also we'll get to the list of next most draftable Red Raiders on tomorrow's show. But I uh, wish you the best to Tyree Wilson in a big spot for him. Is uh, Coach McGuire going to be in attendance? Do you have any idea? Uh, yes. I uh, believe the contingent, at least last I heard, was Coach McGuire, James Blanchard, and Antonio Huffman will be in Kansas City. Cool. Um, kind of a... You, you know, a lot of Texas Tech there in Kansas City because you have somebody that's going to go as high as Tyree. We we think he'll go, and then obviously when you're downtown Kansas City, they just won the uh, the Super Bowl, and uh, 
there's some dude that plays quarterback for the Chiefs that uh, you know knows Joey McGuire and all that stuff. So I think that's kind of that's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rich Gannon or was it Trent? Gr- I can't remember. These Chiefs quarterbacks just roll through. So Dil- Dilfer, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, J- Joe Montana once uh, played for the old. Uh, the, exactly the right. Chefs, uh, an AFC no, championship game. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I, I think, would be front and center, and that, that that's just a just lines up perfectly that you've got a Red Raider going really high in oh, this yeah. thing. Um, so and your anyway. last Chris had to remind me of this prior to the show, your last uh first round pick, the great Jordan Brooks, another defensive player. Man, this is Defender U, uh, <laughs> here in Lubbock, Texas. So <laughs> he'll join some elite company whenever he does hear his name called tonight. Looking forward to it, and we'll discuss it on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. As for Dead Ahead on today's episode, we're sticking with college football, but something everybody's jazzed up to discuss, right? Any day of the week, rules. We put on our rule meister glasses and get into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar, don't want all the calories, I got what you need, buddy. That's Built Bar or Built Puff, what makes them so good? For starters, covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Tastes so great, you're not going to think they're good for you. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Not sure how they do it, but they maintain amazing macros while tasting like a candy bar. What's even better, they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. You can always go to Built.com to get your specialty flavors. But also right now, you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a four-bar box if you're at Walmart. Or if you hit Sam's Club, 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter puff, or the churro puff. You can thank me later after you try your first Built Bar. Joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode. Love being your first listen every day right out the gate. And hope for your second listen. You still got time to dial up Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special. Bigger, better than ever. You can follow along with every team's first pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience like only Locked On can deliver. All episodes available to you right now on Locked On NFL Draft, that's on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, Chris, we're in the college football realm once again, and actually a call back to something we discussed several weeks ago. We had some college football rule proposals uh, to adjust some things, change some things here or there. Some seemed like more along the lines of absurdity. Some seemed a little bit more practical. And obviously a wide range of opinions as to how college football fans are going to feel about some of these things. But one thing that did come to pass that obviously really will impact uh, the way a game feels and particularly the way that, you know, the final few minutes in a half or in a game overall could feel first down clock protocol. One of the things unique to college football for a long time, I guess my entire life, as far as I know, Uh, is a stopped clock after a first down. That's not the way it is in the National Football League, but uh, that is not the way it will be any longer. The clock will keep moving. Seems maybe to some like a relatively minor adjustment, Chris, but I I really do think this will, uh, in some cases, fairly dramatically change the way that a game could play out, particularly in the the closing minutes. 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree, and 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 so we're clear here. This is going to be uh, this is going to be the way it goes this fall. Like this is immediate. Uh, okay. They have changed this rule, um, and you mentioned uh, your lifetime and my lifetime. I mean, since 1968, this is how this has gone. Uh, first downs, the clock stops, so they reset the chains, and and you know, um, then once they set the ball and all that, then, you know. But it, again, it it does it changes the dynamic a bit. And people have been curious as to why. Um, I, I think overall, college has done some things to try to NFL um, eyes their product a bit and and, and <laughs> yeah. short shorten games. And 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 the reason is because you're trying to fit them in these TV windows. You're trying to is because. Look, have we seen three-hour and forty-five-minute college football games or four-hour and ten-minute games? Absolutely. And oh, yeah. and then when you're when you have the TV rights to these games, it's like, well, the beginning of this game is going to start on ESPN News because this one has gone long, or this one is in overtime. Over or, and over, man. A, a lot, and they can't. You can't ultimately control that. But like, tell me, tell me the last time you were watching on a Sunday, and. The 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 noon game was still going at three thirty. It doesn't exist. Rarely, yeah. I mean, sometimes it ends at like two fifty, and so you got a little pregame time before the three o'clock. Yeah, you get like that bonus coverage from another game somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, part of that is this trying to figure out, you know, just subtle ways to kind of you know keep it keep it tighter from a, a TV window standpoint. But the the ultimate reason that I think you're going to hear whether this is true or not is that they're about to expand the playoffs. Okay. We, we know this is coming 12 team playoff starting what, not this season, but, but next season. So the 24, 24 season yeah. will have the, the 12 team playoff. They have determined by this subtle rule change, they can trim about seven to 10 snaps a game on average off. And so when you when you think about it, when you get into a scenario, because there's going to be teams that are playing a lot of extra games in, in these scenarios. So I think that they're just trying to suggest the committee or whoever is ultimately in charge of this. If we trim off seven to ten snaps a game on average throughout the course of a season, they've played one less game. So like anybody that's claiming safety issues, we can at least say, you know, we're, we're keeping the window tighter. We're trying to to not to limit these guys, you know, uh, to, to potential injuries and things like that. And so right, wrong or indifferent, uh, I don't think this rule like ultimately changes the game. I do. I do think it serves a, a, a minor purpose. Um, some may go, this isn't really even going to be a drop in the bucket. I don't know, but they're trying. And I'm I mean, all if what about, you said is true, dude, that's 120 snaps in a regular season. I agree, which is and the equivalent of a a, a, a game ish, a game, yeah. a game plus, and so I think that that you know again they can point to that and and it serves a purpose. So I think that is uh, yeah. that is important to note. You have any thoughts? Just as a fan, you like it, dislike it, neutral. Well, it, it's the only uh, I believe it's the only. It, it's like uh, it's funny because college basketball is the only level of any basketball that you play where they play halves, right. plays quarters, okay? High school, pro, 
any pro level, uh, you know, even a middle school. I mean, it's, it's like first quarter, second quarter, whatever. And women are away from it now. Women's college Correct. basketball. That's right. Yeah, yeah they are also uh, playing, uh, you know, first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And I believe college football is the only division at any level that, that the clock stops on a first down. Gotcha. And so I, I think that I'm okay with it. Um, it it yeah. may take a, a bit of getting used to. I did kind of like it just because – you you manage the game a bit differently. It'll be interesting to see kind of what. Uh, oh yeah. You know how 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 the strategy changes a bit now that now that it doesn't stop when you're trying to make a, a drive late in the game or how you save your timeouts, you know things like that because I think that is uh, that is important to note. Is this already being emphasized in practice or within their little? Uh, well, it just changed. You know that yeah. this was. I think I saw this news last Friday morning. Yeah, and so I mean, Texas Not Tech and, and the and the bulk of the uh, of the country's springs were done, and so I I think though that coaches will study this this summer and kind of get familiar with you know time management experts or or even NFL folks and just say, is there any anything you do differently because of this? Don't and, call Mike McCarthy. <laughs> there's you know, some guys been doing it that way for a while and still hadn't figured it out <laughs> and if i'm joey i call matt rule i mean he just spent what two there or three go, years yeah. in the nfl and and you know <laughs> tell me the tell me the you know whatever i mean just somebody that uh that has experienced it and uh the difference is at, at the professional level when the, the clock's just running all the time so um but th- there'll definitely be some you know studying and i think the tweaks as to way you either call plays or you, you play defense or whatever based on that the clock, uh, you know, will not be stopping anymore after first downs. I, I really think uh, it makes it more difficult, which I don't have any problem with. As a fan, I don't generally, you know, have any problem with this whatsoever. I also typically, especially when you were a good football team, had no problem with like four-hour, 10-minute games. Uh, but it's those when you stink and you're beating Stephen F. Austin by 110, <laughs> and it's a four-hour, 10-minute game that we don't like. But it will make it more difficult. I mean, the urgency, the intensity – of those moments in a tight game down the stretch, absolutely will be ramped up. So it's going to have to be something that is emphasized and drilled, I think, over and over uh, when you get back around to fall camp and things like that. And I bet we see some huge blunders here or there. Hell, like I'm talking about in the National Football League, these guys are doing it every day. They're quote-unquote professionals. And you see time management blunders all the time, particularly if you are, again, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, Do pray for us. Okay. Uh, We're going to move on to another subject, make a hard left away from football. Let's get the hoops and back in the Big 12 Conference because the grand innovator, Brett Yormark, has got another wild idea. And we're getting to it next on Locked on Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a part of your day, whenever, wherever, however you're making it happen. We appreciate it. With Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan coming at you. From west of the 100th Meridian, where it's really going down. And Chris, as we've had a lot of football on our minds this week, we're going to wrap up this episode with a basketball conversation because there continues to be really interesting things happening on Brett Yormark's watch within the Big 12 Conference. And this actually is really interesting to me as a tech fan as well, given some scheduling news we've had of late and our most recent scheduling experience a season ago, which was... Until the Big 12 Conference started. So set this up for me if you don't mind, because uh, we're talking possibly 
being thrown around like a beach ball. We're just spitballing it right now. But possibly Big 12 meetings, Big 12 games within non-conference season that are not going to count as league games. I, I feel like that's like uh, the legs of this table, but what's on top of the table here, Chris? Give me some more context into what kind of sounds like a wild idea, but I got to tell you, given how good this league is, how entertaining this league is, uh, I'm interested. He's got my attention with this one. You, you you said Big 12 meetings a second ago, which you meant, yeah, as you, you I think you said, and then you said games. But uh, ironically enough, next week there will actually be Big 12 meetings where they're going to decide a lot of these things. They're going to decide, you know, future championship sites and, and structure on basketball scheduling and just all kinds of conference business. Uh, maybe even realignment discussion and uh, possible additions on how to proceed there. Anyway, I think part of what is going to be discussed is the the, the basketball format and schedule. Um, so, as we all know, there is no more Big Twelve SEC challenge going forward. You know, you you the, your game at, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, this past year uh, was the last one of those that you'll play, and so that that is. Everybody's non-conference schedule takes a bit of a hit, and so with that, your your RPI potentially takes a hit, or your net ranking takes a hit. So what the Big Twelve is discussing, uh, talking about doing, and I don't know if this is one year or our big picture scenario, because I've been fascinated with whether it's a fourteen team league or a twelve team league. How often are you playing people? Who are you partnered with? Um, how is that set up? Because you, you're, you're not doing the round robin anymore. One of the things that they have discussed, and I think with the no Big 12 SEC challenge in mind, let's let's have some of these games uh, against conference opponents. If we've determined that, hey, here's your conference schedule, you're only going to play Baylor, for example, one time. You know, and 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 the regular conference schedule. Let's give let's give uh, everybody an extra game at the front end of the schedule in early November, and so it, we won't count it against the conference standings. But it benefits RPI. Fans like it. Net ranking, you know, uh, is ultimately going to survive. It kind of takes the place of a an SEC game, uh, and so I think that there's a lot of discussion about uh, beefing this thing up in early November. I. I just am telling you, I think that they're going to be very outside the box a bit with some of this basketball scheduling stuff, because I think that your mark and, and the folks that are going to work on, on basketball in general, specifically men's, are going to try to own this space. The, the, they want to, to really play to the best basketball league in the country you know, yeah. brand that they've kind of built, if you will. And, you know, I don't know what all they'll ultimately come up with and what will be nailed down, but th these are, these are, I mean, I, I think this has a very real possibility of happening, this minor scheduling tweak. And so, I mean, because who, who doesn't want to see a, a, a meaningful game early in the season, you know, against any, any of the conference opponents, doesn't matter who it yeah. is. It, it, it's going to matter. It's going to mean something and all those things. And if you were only going to see them one time in, in the regular conference schedule, I mean, what, what's, what's the harm? You know, I mean, sure. I think uh, it's better than grambling or, mm -hmm. you know, Prairie View A&M or, you know, or what? Mexico state or whatever it may be. 
What about, uh, I had heard something about like in a tournament setting, like one of the early season tournaments could be some type of big 12 gathering, or do you think this is more on campus possibly? I, th- I think these are like, in other words, let's just go with the Baylor example. If you were set to play Baylor in Waco, uh, in the conference schedule once they put that together. And I can tell you they've got to get that to TV partners by July the 15th. So we've got a ways to go here. Gotcha, yeah. Hence the reason that meetings in early May, you start to to, to talk about different things and, and set some things up and agree and disagree and all that and start to get some things done there on what it's going to look like. But if you're set to play in, in Waco just the one time and that's the only time you were going to see Baylor, it stands to reason that if they wanted to put a Tech-Baylor game together, it would be in Lubbock, you know, gotcha. just kind of a true home and home, even though only one of those would count toward the conference standings. Yeah. And again, that's just a hypothetical. I'm just, it could be. I'd rather have that. I think honestly, as a fan, like any home, like uh, any home schedule improvement that you could get. Um, I guess I'd prefer it. Not that I'd be mad at some like neutral site, you know, tournament setting or whatever, but yeah, g- give me some beef on the home schedule because that's one thing that's really uh, seemingly kind of, kind of drug behind. And for Texas Tech this year, the St. John's series was canceled. So yeah. you are, you know, Rick Pitino gets that job, and then, then shortly after they they bail out of that game in Madison Square Garden. And I think uh, so. So now you're right now you've got your 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 games in Atlantis, and you've got your your game at Butler and in, in Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. And I think in late November, that's really the only meaningful games you have from a non-conference standpoint. So if you could get another quote-unquote conference game that was a non-conference game, now you've got like five legitimate non-conference games that I think helps the yeah. helps your overall you know RPI net ranking. And that was that's always the goal. You always want to have about five. Some teams have eight. Some teams have four. But five has always been Texas Tech's sweet spot. You know, and. That's why you have the MTE, you go to the Bahamas or you go to uh, Maui or whatever, you're going to get three games there. And then you have the SEC game, you have the Big East game, there's your five, you know. And um, But uh, right now you're short on that. And so I think this would definitely benefit you, which is the whole point. You, know, you, you want to try to benefit your, your non-conference schedule for sure. What, what if all this time the Atlantis that old the homie Plato was talking about was just a resort where they played college basketball games once upon a time, and we think it's some lost civilization? That's probably another episode where we'll investigate that, but it's possible. <laughs> In a ballroom, no less. In a ballroom. Um, before we leave, Chris, I, I do hear about uh, one other maybe scheduling bump on the horizon, and this is interesting to me because of the um, involvement of Fox Sports with Big Ten and Big 12 basketball. Is there some Big Ten, Big 12 thing maybe around the corner, like 24 or 25 and beyond? Is that a conversation? I think that there have been conver- – it's not going to happen this year. I think it's yeah. it's too early. But I think what, what has happened is, is that the SEC and the ACC are going to have a scheduling agreement and a kind of a challenge, if you will, starting in the next year or two. And I think there have been conversations with the Big Ten and the Big 12 about doing something similar. And so basically, I think it would uh, essentially kind of take the place of what you were doing with the SEC. The question becomes is, is when, how is it executed? Because like the, the, the Big East and Big 12 
deal is completely different than the SEC one. The SEC one was unique because it was always in January, always on one day. They kind of took over uh, ESPN and, and ESPN uh, family of, of channels there on that one day. And it was in the middle of your conference season. The the Big East and the and the Big Twelve one, it's spread out over a week and a half or two weeks, you know, just kind of in late November into a couple of weeks into December. And it's just these games are home and home, and there's no rhyme or reason to uh to when it is per se, other than just this window. And so how would the Big Ten, Big Twelve one look? Not real sure. Uh when would they do it? Uh how quickly would they do it? But I believe twenty four would be the earliest you would see something like that, but I'm all for it. And I think Brett Yormark uh, will try to push for that. Yes. And and the Fox involvement is just because they hold rights to both leagues. Um, And there's been some thought (laughs) that Fox is like trying to make a bigger, maybe basketball splash Mm -hmm. than they have previously. So maybe trying to pair something up. Guess what? You're not going to probably do a scheduling agreement with the PAC 12. Can't imagine why that would be, but you know, guess, you know, probably, you know, probably some hurt feelings there. Ion and CW's involvement uh, as yeah, well. We do need sure. to consider that. All right, we do need to get because Buffy's coming on, and I know we've both got a recording on the CW set for that. Uh, so this episode must come to an end. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech. And for those everydayers out there, join us again tomorrow. As I mentioned, we'll be uh, processing whatever is going to go down with Tyree Wilson in the NFL draft tonight, and we'll get to what's next to quote Joey McGuire as it relates to draftable Red Raiders within the next calendar. That's coming up tomorrow as we wrap up the week. Chris, thanks for the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. Guns up. Keep hope alive, everybody. (laughs) He's Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. We'll see you for the next one to wrap up the week tomorrow on Locked on Texas Tech.